This is a Radio 1 91FM podcast. Right now on the line, I'm joined by James Milne, a.k.a. Lawrence Arabia at the Murray Ape. Uh, Morena. How are we? Um, I am, yeah, I'm good. Good, just getting back into the, you know, into the year. Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. Reacclimatizing to the world. How was the holiday season? It was, it was great. It's been um, sort of particularly hot and nice up here, so I've been putting my body in the water a lot and, and uh, catching up with friends and having barbecues and doing all the kind of typical stuff, which has been really, really great. That's what you want. That's lovely. It's lovely. Rightio, uh, we're talking um, because you're going to be in town in Otiputi this Sunday uh, at Dive for your um, your touring chart, chart darling, your album from 2009, the classic. That's when it came out. Um, but the, the album began a lot earlier than that. Um, it was a long time in the making, um, and an interesting time, I guess, in your life. Um, you know, living in London, um, trying to break into a, a quite intense scene after taking your first record there. Um, you know, uh, there must have been a lot of things going on during that time for you. Yeah, it was quite. It was quite an intense time. It was like the sort of apex of my uh, ambition, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of. Um, I don't know. It, yeah, a lot of kind of twenty, you know, career energy going into into that time. I guess. Um, and yeah, like quite a different. It's a long time ago now. Like it was yeah, fifteen years ago when I was when I moved to London, um, and was was make, beginning to make this record. So. It, Yes, it's hard to actually kind of square the human being that I was with who I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, quite an exciting time, you know, and my, my big OE. Yes, that's right. And a big OE it was. I mean, you were uh, playing big shows, little shows, um, living um, with um, some wonderful friends who, you know, eventually you formed Barb with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if, if we look at um, Liam and... Um, Conan and Miss um, Barnes and, and and a whole bunch of other people um, through your time over there and, and you know it was an interesting time for you all because you were all kind of hitting your straps at the same time. Um, I think uh, when you were living with Liam, he went off and uh, toured his big record. Um, you know, and, and your your first record had done things, and you were playing some great support slots. You opened Feist at Shepherd's Bush, I think. Um, you were kind of getting known, um, and like you said before, you know there was this. Uh, this is your peak ambition time for you, um, so you, there must have been a lot of pressure on yourself um, for Chart Darling to kind of make a bit of a statement that you had arrived. Yeah, that was um, that was what took so long because um, I didn't, you know, I, I the first record I did, um, you know, it was just a sort of a, almost not a joke, but I was just, you know. I was just fluffing around, really, at kind of learning how to use Pro Tools and, and learn how to write songs and, and or not write songs, but to produce them myself. Um, and it just sort of happened and, and then it was, you know, it was okay. Um, and then I thought, well, I'm actually quite good at this, but I don't, but yeah, I, suddenly I was like doing, you know, in London and yeah, there was like interesting stuff happening and getting, you know, yeah, good support. Um, you know, having a you know a lawyer, you know, on the on call to you know to to start to negotiate deals when they start 
started when we started fielding um, record, the inevitable record deals that would would come in and stuff like that. Uh, um, and so on, you know, on top of all that, you know, then trying to actually re- realizing that I don't actually really know how to make a record. That was that was kind of a fluke that I made the first record, and and you know, and it wasn't. You know, I mean, it's got its charms, but it was pretty loose. Yeah. Um, and so and suddenly I was like, oh, I need to be like, you know, I need to. I was listening to all these actually professional records, professionally recorded records, and realizing I didn't know how to do it, but but still wanting to achieve that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it put a lot of pressure on myself. Well, you're also kind of looking back at what was happening with the brunettes and stuff like that, and thinking, man, I left that band, um, and look what's happening with them. Because I mean, didn't they didn't they play a big show at Shepherd's Bush the night after you did? Um, they, um, yeah, I think. I think, from memory, I think I was I played at Royal Albert Hall oh, Royal. a few days before with Feist, and then they played um, with Broken Social Scene, Feist's old band at Shepherd's Bush Empire, like a couple of nights later. Yeah, um, yeah, but I mean, I, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was competing with them, but I definitely, what you know, I left the band after we toured the state, yeah. um, and they signed to Sub Pop and. Um, you know, so that kind of set the benchmark for what I wanted to achieve with my own career. I don't think, I mean, I may have felt competitive, but I think I was, was more just like, this is what I want to do now. So, um, and I know it can be done. So it kind of, you know, that gave me this sort of like sense of international ambition. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess there's been a lot said about the record over the years, but in terms of theme, um, you know, what, what, where were you coming from? What were you writing about? Um, it was it's a very nostalgic record um, you know I think I was, it was being in London was amplifying my nostalgia um, for New Zealand and for my earlier youth and I think I was um, definitely like looking back on my kind of early formative years with some wistfulness by that point um, and yeah, it's kind of a bit of a like. There's a lot of looking back on it. There's a lot of sort of sexual frustration yes. uh, in the record, and a lot of it's quite lustful. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's quite a kind of primal um, post-adolescent record. Even though I was writing it when I was like 26, um, yeah. it's still I'm still like drawing on themes from when I was 20, you know, or 19 or 20. Um, yeah, which is, yeah, I'm not sure why it took me that long <laughs> to process some of those thoughts. I guess I was maybe a bit, um, bit, bit arrested development situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what about in terms of recording the record? Um, you had a home studio for a while um, when you were living with Liam Finn. Um, you took off with one of your ex-bandmates uh, to a space in Sweden. Um, and with, I guess with that recording stu- space that you had at your flat, you know, it's not like it is in 2021, 2022, where, you know, home studios are incredible now. Um, this is back in 2008, 2007. What was, this, what was the setup like? Oh, the setup was terrible. I mean, I, it was, you know, I'd borrowed some, I'd borrowed some you know, uh, stuff off Liam, who had, you know, a bit of a setup. Um, you know, just a little bedroom set up. He had like a the G double O two or uh, you know Pro Tools um, thing, and um, but yeah, 
the studio was called Wall of Shit. Um, and cause it was uh, just it was just a room under the stairs. It was a tiny, tiny room. It was probably about, you know, um, five square metres or something. Yeah. Um, and it was Wall of Shit because it was just a storage room. And I, but I just piled all the stuff that was stored in the, up against one wall. Um, yeah, and I didn't, you know, as... Yeah, because of it was horrible and small. Um, I didn't get much done there, um, and and that's part of. I was getting definitely getting frustrated that it wasn't flowing. Um, yeah. So yeah, Matt Matt Eccles had joined this band, Dust Pop, who are a Belgian, kind of like a major label Belgian band who were trying to make it in the UK, and you know they were like a big band in Belgium, but they're trying to make it wider afield. Um, and he his um, bandmate Nick was living in Stockholm, and, and he had a studio there. So we went over there, and um, it's just yeah, it was really great to get away, and um, and yeah, find another space. So that was where we kind of broke the back of the record and did all the drum tracks. So all the, all the drum sounds were recorded by Nick, and and, and Matt Eccles was playing them. Um, pretty much, you know, there's a few little bits and pieces that were recorded in the wall of shit. But, but most of the, most of that kind of basic rhythm track stuff was done in, in Stockholm, and then I, and once that was there, there was like a, a, a foundation that I could actually enjoy you know, overdubbing on. Yeah, yeah, and then you went to some another flat flat with the Sneaks. Yeah, like yeah. That, yeah. So that yeah that was so that was the end of two thousand seven. That happened. Then we moved. Uh, uh, we I'm trying to remember some of the timeline. I think early that year we went to. Um, I went back to New Zealand and we played Camp Below Hum uh, in that summer, um, early 2008, and then we moved, we, we briefly lived with the Sneaks for a couple of months while I think they were back in New Zealand with Dan, Daniel Ward was in New York with his girlfriend at the time, and then we moved into another flat in, in Dalston, and yeah, was, yeah so there's a lot of uh, personal <laughs> reminiscences coming back this morning, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted yeah. to go deep. I wanted to go deep, James. Yeah, uh, thanks. <laughs> I, I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't necessarily expecting to, but I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let, let's fast forward to to now. Um, I mean, of course, when you bought this record out, you were, you know, when you're touring it, you're playing all the songs, um, you know, and people are getting to know them from the record and stuff. But now, you know, many years have passed, and you you're repertoire has been built you've got um, um, so many more songs in the back pocket so how many of these songs have you not played since like the initial you know run of t- shows for the album um, I mean you know most of them we have played you know they because it's my most popular record it's always sort of ended up becoming the back it's been the backbone of my set yeah um, just sort of inevitably because of the popularity of songs and and you know, I, you know and I like the songs if they feel strong songs they feel like, I feel like they should be in the set um, so most of them you know we have played um, uh, the only one that we didn't play well there's a few ones we didn't actually play like when we toured the first time around the world we didn't play Look Like a Fool because it was too I found, we found it too hard to play <laughs> um, but we eventually learned how to play that one so that's you know, been in the set most of the time but um, yeah, the only song we haven't played is IA but the only time I've ever played IA which is you know my least favourite song on the record it was kind of like I needed a tenth song um, 
that song we only played once when we did the albums and we did the albums in full the first three albums in full in 2014 I did yeah. the tour um, and uh, yeah that's the only time I've played that song um, so that's, that's, a new, that's a new one for us that's new repertoire really even though it's 13 years old yeah that's right so not for much longer you'll be playing it again for a second time shortly on Thursday for the first show uh, yes back home yeah Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Um, and of, of course, I mean, a lot of accolades came with this record. Uh, you won the Silver Scroll for Apple Pie Bed um, and the first ever Tate Prize uh, in 2010, which kind of must have felt a little bit weird. It's almost two years after the fact. Um, but still, um, in, in, incredible and um, showed the album had, a, I guess, some legs and longevity. Um, and then, of course, like I mean, I guess the most one of the most interesting things for me um, was watching um, watching British television, seeing Skins. Was you know was that much of a big deal over there? I've always wanted to ask you that. Was that a, was that a big deal getting like three songs on that soundtrack for that for that TV show? Um, I. I definitely had, it definitely came, I mean, I think, I can't remember what it was, I feel like it was on the American skins, but oh, I can't, yeah, I, could, yeah, yeah. I could be wrong about this, but yeah, like, I think if but maybe, both. May, I don't think, if it was, uh, and I could be wrong about that, but the, I feel like the American version of skins, you know, didn't, it wasn't the same kind of cultural moment as no. the British skins was to Britain, um, but yeah, there was still a lot of traffic, you know, I mean, the internet or YouTube or that stuff it wasn't as big then like it didn't have the kind of same volume of traffic um but yeah i was definitely you know getting a lot of like some of the biggest videos that had my songs on would be like a, a clip from skins or um, <laughs> yeah um yeah so it definitely did direct some traffic my way in terms of people knowing about my music mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, right, so you're coming to play the show this Sunday at Dive, um, which you can get your tickets online from Banish Music or TicketTaylor.com. Um, so it's just going to be the record in its entirety? Is it going to be... Record in its track- entirety, which we have to do, and then a whole bunch of other songs from uh, my career, and at least one cover, and yeah, just, you know... Always a cover. Yeah, but obviously, yeah, Chant Darling's the centre of the show, but uh, Chant Darling's only a 40-minute long record, so (laughs) we need to play more songs. So, yeah, there'll be lots more more other songs in there. And Na Noise are playing as well before. uh, Fantastic. Have they played in Dunedin before? Yes, yes, Na Noise has played here once uh, upon a time. Uh, and, and we love Na Noise very much. So um, it's a wonderful um, lineup, and uh, thank you for bringing Na Noise down once again. Um, yeah, my pleasure. I love them. Yeah, yeah, same, same. So, right, uh, Chart Darling in its entirety, plus other favourites from Lawrence Arabia's back catalogue, plus Na Noise down at uh, the, I was about to say Chicks for some strange reason, <laughs> at the Cook, <laughs> yeah, at the cook all Hotel. That, all that. All that gratuitous reminiscing we've been doing it right. open up some part of your brain. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, um, you're welcome. An you're absolute welcome. pleasure you, to go down a, a little bit of memory lane. Um, we're going to play The Beautiful Young Crew um, because I think the song for me, kind of, I guess, in a way, it's the most Londonish song of, of the lot. Um, yeah, it's definitely the one that 
you know, when I picture it, it's definitely the one that's rooted in that time the most. You know, a lot, yeah, as I say, a lot of it was reminiscing, but that was definitely like what was going on then for me. Yes, know. yes, walking around like Camden Town or something like that. Yeah, walking around Shoreditch, wondering, admittedly, like, I think back on it now, and I was one of those people, but I was just sort of wandering around, like, thinking, how have all these people not got jobs? Um, <laughs> and they're just, like, all really kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> and just sort of wandering around having coffee. Well, you, you were selling, weren't you selling, like, pineapple ups or something at the time? Uh, yeah, I did have a, I, yeah, I was working at the homesick New Zealander shop, <laughs> kiwi, kiwi fruits, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, once again, thank you so much. Tickets from TicketTailor.com for Lawrence Arabia does chant, darling. Uh, have yourself a wonderful day, and we'll see you on Sunday. You too. Yes, see you mate. Sunday. See ya. Thanks for listening to Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.